as you might imagine, they're getting hundreds, if not thousands of applications. So you need to have something that's going to make you stand out. At the same time, don't let that intimidate you. You're listening to the Happy Doc Student Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing clarity to the often mysterious doctoral process. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Let me and my guests show you how to put more joy in your journey and graduate with your sanity, health, and relationships intact. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Frederick, and this is episode 43. In this episode, I speak with Dr. Todd Fiore. Todd holds a PhD in education, is a faculty member, works with doctoral students both as a chair and committee member, and is currently the Director of Academic Quality and Online Operations at St. Thomas University. Todd, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. So glad to have you back. We were chatting about questions that we often get when we're teaching doctoral students. And one of the ones that you brought up is this question about how do I break into teaching? And I thought that would be a great episode. And I'm sure the conversation is going to span a couple of different topics here. But let's start with the questions that you typically get and how you answer them. Great. Well, what I typically get is generally in every class I teach, there's a couple of students that are looking to translate their doctoral degree when they're done into teaching at the academic level. And if you think about it, that used to be everybody's path, right? I mean, you didn't get a doctorate unless maybe you were planning on doing something in academia and, you know, that was the whole track, right? You got your doctorate, then you went and got some tenure track teaching position somewhere, and then that was your career. But more and more with the online doctorate, there's been a great growth in online doctoral degrees. So there's a lot more opportunities that may exist. And one of those is teaching. Even if you're working in your field, being able to teach with your doctorate is something that might be available to you. I think I read somewhere that enrollment in online doctoral programs is rising about 7.1% per year. So we're turning out a lot more people with doctorates, but that's okay because the Bureau of Labor Statistics says there's going to be a need for post-secondary teachers of about 15% more than we have now by 2026. So certainly it's something to consider no matter what your motivation is for getting a doctorate, it may open up opportunities to teach in higher education. I love that you started with that was the traditional path. I know for myself, 20 some odd years ago, my end goal was to teach and do research in a university setting. And really the only way to get there was through the doctoral degree. But you bring up that you could have a very successful career and add teaching. Maybe this is a hobby. Maybe this is another stream of income. But there are a lot of universities out there that have practical programs. And you being successful in your field actually makes you an attractive candidate. Because if you're in a business program, they want CEOs. If you're in a psychology program, they want licensed psychologists and things of that nature. So it really is this opportunity that I think people should be thinking about. Now, we bring up something that happens a lot, and that is that it seems that there's this prevalent idea that if you have the degree, it automatically gets you the job. So let's talk about that a little bit. For sure, for sure. You know, I wish that were the case. I wish it were that easy. But just like at the bachelor's level, the master's level, anytime you're in a degree, 
employers are not only looking for the credential. They're also looking for your experience. They're looking for your ability. In terms of teaching, many times universities are looking for people that have previous teaching experience, especially in the online space. The, you know, dirty little secret at the college level is they don't really, nobody really teaches you how to teach. It's just kind of expected that you know how to do that. And unfortunately, that's to the detriment of the profession sometimes is that you got to kind of teach yourself or lean on some colleagues or some mentors along the way. One thing I recommend to students is that don't wait until you get your degree to go get some experience teaching. I don't care if it's the community college level. I don't care if it's, it's in your organization doing some trainings or webinars or seminars. Get in front of people, either in an online space or in person, and do some teaching because that experience, one, will help you to know, is this something I want to do? But two, will also be something that will be required to get that position you're looking for. And, you know, you mentioned going to the community college. I know that here in my community, the library hosts free seminars that people in the community will give on finances or parenting and things of that nature. You can do lunch and learns at organizations, anything to get your foot in the door so that you can say in your cover letter, on your resume, that you have experience teaching people things they didn't already know. And bonus, if you can get feedback on that, especially if you're in like a college setting and there are teaching evaluations that you can submit with your application, because it's almost as if the degree gets your resume on the hiring person's desk, but whether or not you're going to get in the pile to be interviewed is going to be really contingent on what you have to bring to the table in terms of your experience. Absolutely. And and don't underplay the importance of networking as well. I mean, you mentioned like lunch and learns or different things at different organization events. I would also suggest to all students who have an idea they want to teach, attend as many conferences as you can, make connections with people who are already working in the field. It's really like any other job in that respect. And sometimes it's who you know as much as what you know. But like you said, the key thing is the bonus is if you can get some feedback because you want to be able to, when you do get that opportunity, be able to to put your best foot forward. There's another feature to consider in terms of giving back. I know a lot of doctoral students, when they finish the program, you've been so focused on your dissertation and all your studies. And it's been very intense, especially towards the end when you can see the finish line and you just put pedal to the metal and you're going you know, full speed ahead. And then you get done and you've got this empty, empty space. So another way to get practice is just to serve as a mentor to another doctoral student or work with someone on their dissertation. I know some students that have started to do some like APA editing or consulting just to help out someone else because there's going to be a little hole to fill. And that's one way you could fill it is to build your own skill set in terms of uh, potentially teaching someday. That's a great suggestion. Um, and, And in addition to just getting experience anywhere that you can, what are some other things you tell people about kind of getting your foot in the door Certainly, if you happen to be working at a university where you're getting your degree, and we see more and more people doing that. Myself, I I was working in a university in a staff role when I started my doctorate. Try to start there. Now, many times schools don't want to hire their own graduates. That's a reality that you have to understand. I was fortunate because I had made some relationships with people 
not only through my doctoral program, but also the work I was doing in a training role. So I was able to teach some, you know, introductory courses that got me started. But making those connections with people at a university is critical because universities are the ones that are hiring teachers. Another thing to do is to maybe understand the, how online instruction works. If you want to teach online, there are certain skills that you might need or that you can gain. There are certificate programs. There are organizations like Quality Matters where you can do a, a course on course design or course alignment. There are some other full programs in terms of instruction, digital instruction. I don't know how important it is necessarily to have a certificate in digital instruction, but certainly have some understanding of what is involved in digital instruction. Because whether you're getting that through having been a learner yourself in an online environment or some sort of resource like you're suggesting, it'll be clear to the hiring committee whether or not you get how the education is delivered. So however however it is that you get that understanding, it would behoove you to get it. Now, I want to back up a little bit because you mentioned you were working at a university while you were completing your degree, and you did actually have the opportunity to work there. Now, I also am very familiar with many institutions who almost sometimes there's even a policy that they don't hire their students. Lots of reasons for this. One way that it's been explained to me is that it's almost like inbreeding, right? Here it is, this academic institution, and you want to bring in different ideas and different ways of thinking from other places. But I know I've often been in a situation where I'm with students who will say, I want to work here when I'm done. And I want to caution them and say, well, don't get your heart set on that because that is a unique situation. And I'm just going to disclose here, having known you and worked with you, you came with a very unique skill set that I believe faculty saw that gave you kind of this in that may not be available for a lot of other students out there. The good news is, like you also mentioned, there are more and more online programs. So you may be at program A, but guess what? There's a whole nother alphabet, B, C, D, right? All the way to Z, schools now that are either offering entirely online programs, hybrid programs. If you come with an accredited degree and experience, Those are two things that are likely going to get your foot in the door. Now, the question I have for you at this point is, let's say, okay, people are listening. They're saying, okay, I'm going to get my degree. And while I'm getting my degree, I'm going to look for experiences so I can have the skills and abilities that they would expect me to have to be this online instructor. What about letters of recommendation or references? Certainly those are important as they are with any job. Anytime you get a reference from somebody who's working in the field or can identify the particular skills that might be transferable that you have into a teaching environment, that's super helpful. You know, another thing is to think about is generally folks that are teaching online right now are teaching for multiple institutions. So it's not a situation where you're just trying to get a job with one institution and then you expect to work there forever. Even though I was able to get a job working with the institution where I earned my degree, I was able to get adjunct work elsewhere as well, again, based on the set of skills and the experience that I had. So don't don't focus just on one place, but in the same way, those references and those letters of recommendation that you're getting from professors or colleagues or people that you've worked with they may have other opportunities to ask them as well. Hey, where else do you teach? What else do you do? Because like I said, the idea of tenure in the online world is is very rare. So if you want to make 
a career of this, you're going to have to work at multiple institutions. And most institutions are aware of this and they're hiring people for a specific course rather than like a full-time kind of position. Which in a way allows for a lot of creative freedom and flexibility, right? You can be location independent. You can pick, I really love teaching classes on motivation, or I really love helping people get over their fear of numbers. And I I just get so inspired when I teach math. And so instead of looking for this full-time position, like you said, really not many exist, right, in the online environment, you can be an adjunct just teaching that course and really make it your niche and your specialty. I would say absolutely. But when you're getting started, you may not want to specialize too much. I had a a, a mentor say to me, say yes to everything. Just going out there and getting that experience may open up those opportunities for you. But if you get a chance to teach something, teach it. That's great advice. (laughs) That absolutely is great advice. Say yes. And in terms of the recommendations, I just want to say to all the students that are listening, as you're working through your programs, pay attention to the faculty whose classes you're in where you're really growing as a scholar. Maintain that relationship. You may need them as a letter of recommendation later. I know I have students coming back to me years after I've taught them saying, we had a couple of phone calls. I wrote this 20-page paper in your class, would you be willing to serve as a reference for me? And when students do that, here's a little pro tip. When students do that, I love it when they send me the job that they're applying for, their current resume, a copy of their cover letter, and anything else that they should remind me that I knew about them. Because As faculty, we interact with a lot of students, so make it easy on the person that you're asking for a recommendation and give them all the information they need to really do a good job of highlighting your skills. And along that note, Todd, your last podcast, when you talked about the dissertation shift and really the temperament, the personality, the need to respond rather than react, your committee will know you very, very well. And so if you're planning on going on and teaching or really getting any other job that may require recommendations, you probably want someone on your committee to be in your reference list. It actually might look a little weird if they're not there, depending on the situation. Again, it points to this need to make sure you're developing these healthy relationships with your committee where you're putting your best foot forward. Without a doubt. I had a member of my cohort that I was going through the program with who had a rather contentious relationship with their chair and committee for various reasons. But When it came time for those recommendations, those folks were not as willing to offer those. And this person struggled for a while to find their footing once they had their degree. I also, just to backtrack a little bit on what you said, yes, send all that information, a reminder of who you are, but also ask permission to add add someone to your reference list. Don't just put them on there. There's nothing more disconcerting when you get a call, you know, just a random call saying, hey, how do you feel about this person? And you have no idea what job they're applying for. You have no idea what kind of reference they're looking for. Because certainly when I've been asked to serve as a reference, I want to make it personal to make sure that I'm highlighting the particular skills for the job that they're looking for. So it should go without saying, but you do need to say it. Ask permission before you just put somebody down as a reference. That's a good point. It definitely will not reflect well on you. If when the person making that call gets the person on the line and they say, who? 
or what job, right away it's going to call into question your ability to communicate effectively, right? Absolutely. No doubt. <laughs> it's, not, it's not going to look good. Um, and you brought up you like to make things very personal. Having sat on a lot of hiring committees, and I'm sure you have as well, you can spot a standard form letter a mile away. You can yeah, spot yeah. it. And, and you just go, well, this person barely knew this person. And the ones that give details and are very personal, those ones stand out. And it is competitive. Very competitive. You know, one thing we haven't talked about is where do you find where jobs are available? And one way I mentioned is networking. But there are websites out there, higher ed jobs. There are different places where you can see teaching positions advertised. But as you might imagine, they're getting hundreds, if not thousands of applications. So you need to have something that's going to make you stand out. At the same time, don't let that intimidate you. I know folks that have applied and applied and applied. It might take them six to 12 months to find something, but now they're working full-time teaching. So you have to stay persistent. You have to stay positive, but it is competitive. There's no doubt about it. So what I'm hearing here is do what you can to put your best foot forward, but also draw on that inner strength, that grit that you had while you were working on your degree and be persistent. Even if it takes a year, it might take that long to land that job. But once you have your foot in the door, assuming that you meet their expectations, in a way, you've really got work for life, not necessarily at that institution, but somewhere. No doubt about it. You mentioned meet their expectations. I don't think there's an administrator that's working in online education now that doesn't appreciate an instructor that not only meets the expectations, but goes beyond them in terms of engaging the students, in terms of, you know, administrators want to know that they assign a class to you, they really don't want to have to worry about it. And if you can become that type of instructor, you become a big asset to the administrator or to that university. So certainly, as you're being persistent, as you're demonstrating your grit, continue to look for ways to improve your skill set. I don't think any of us, just like I think nobody really ever masters scholarly writing, I also don't think you ever really master teaching. Every class I teach, I'm learning new things, uh, always open to new ideas. There's always new technologies that are coming out that you want to be familiar with. So be prepared to be a lifetime learner as a teacher as well. Todd, you gave us so many helpful nuggets today. Any final words of wisdom for people out there in a doctoral program thinking, I think I want to teach when I'm done? I would say for anyone in a doctoral program, teaching is a great way to give back. It's a great way to share your knowledge, share your experience. And you know, after going through the program, what it takes to become a doctor, you know what the requirement is. And if you can share that experience and have that compassion for the people that you're teaching, they're going to appreciate it. And it's only going to enhance their own program, their own path. So we all just come together and help the world be a better place. Without a doubt. (laughs) I think that's what most educators have at heart, right? Absolutely. I think everybody should be able to teach because I think teaching is a great way to learn. It's also a great way to share. I agree. Todd, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to having you back as we discuss the four H's. So stay tuned and look for that one. Sounds good. Thank you, Heather. Thanks so much for listening. And if you haven't already heard episode number nine on the dissertation shift with Dr. Fiore, you're definitely going to want to check that out. The Happy Doc Student Podcast is brought to you by expandyourhappy.com. 
You can learn more there as well as check out free resources and even pick up some Happy Doc Student Podcast swag. Until next time, I'm sending you more joy for your journey. One more thing, just a quick reminder that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.